In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may have noticed in the bulletin last Sunday that I would um, be away this past week. So I left on Sunday and came back Friday every summer with priests who were classmates in seminary or friends or friends of friends. We get together for a week to study a topic. We bring in a theologian to give us lectures and we just enjoy each other's edification. When, when you're spending a week with priests like Father Selim and Father Scalia, it's definitely time well spent. I usually conclude that week with extra time in Chicago to visit old college classmates. So Friday afternoon on quite a warm day in the Windy City, I had some time to walk through downtown. And as familiar as it is, uh, even with some new buildings, not all of the same quality, still the site on Michigan Avenue was quite distressing. Um, at every street corner, uh, at least two corners, if not three, if not all four, there was someone camped out begging for help. And that goes on for a mile. Uh, the, the paralysis is pretty, pretty significant when you imagine trying to help everybody. And I imagined the scene of the Good Samaritan, um, and there was, no, there was no opposite side of the road for me to cross over to avoid the person in need. So I had nowhere to go. But as much as you might think that the, the priest is at uh, a disadvantage or has higher expectations, you'd be um, hopefully pleasantly surprised to see what happens when, when the priest just simply acknowledges someone and, and looks in their eyes and says good morning and God bless you. Nine times out of ten, the reaction is this explosion of of gratitude and prayer. Thank you, Father. God bless you, Father. You have a great day, Father. And sometimes I'm, I'm halfway down the block and, and the person's still saying, thank you, Father. God bless you. And I, and I feel like I haven't even done anything. Now, it could be that they felt sorry for me since I was wearing long black shirt and long black pants on a hot day. But I think there was something mystical going on. There's something that we convey to others that is more than simple kindness. And when we can give material assistance, we need to. But there's something even, even more important than material assistance. There's something about a Christian meeting another Christian. There's something about a Christian witnessing another's vocation that strengthens the soul. Today, St. Paul, in his letter to the Romans, speaks of us as heirs, as co-heirs with Christ, because we have been made adopted sons of God. It's a theme that's quite familiar to us. We're familiar with filial adoption. We know that we become sons and daughters of God. That's how we are members of God's family. That's how we have the dignity of being able to worship him and of uniting our prayers, our penances, and our sacrifices to the one eternal sacrifice which is pleasing to God, namely that of Christ on the cross. St. Paul speaks of it often, not just in this chapter of Romans, but all throughout uh, the letter to the Romans. What might shock us and bring us to an even more profound meditation is what St. Paul says 
in his letter to the Galatians. Let me read to you from chapter 4. What I am saying is that as long as an heir is under age, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. The heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we were under age, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption as sonship. St. Paul is describing not only this vocation that's unique because of Christ's death on the cross, making it possible for us to be baptized. He's not only referring to this as something which is already ordained, something which God already has in mind, but he's also speaking of the people of God as having been heirs, but of such a young age that there is no difference between being an heir and being a slave. Which is a reference to the people of God before Christ in the Old Testament. And then we hear St. Paul make reference to this covenant with Abraham. And the covenant will extend to Abraham's offspring. St. Paul points out very carefully that the word isn't plural. The world isn't, the word isn't offsprings, but singular, offspring, which means Christ. Christ is the fulfillment of the covenant with Abraham. It's those who belong to Christ who receive the fullness of this covenant with Abraham. It would be too easy for us to sweep away everything that precedes Christ as being beautiful or important for a particular people, but now of, of no consequence to us because there's the new and eternal covenant in Christ. And as much as Paul many times in many places speaks of the futility of the law, the futility of observing the law as though dietary practices or other hygienic practices makes you holy, in no way does St. Paul eviscerate the old covenants. And in particular, in this covenant with Abraham. And so we then take on this mantle and are allowed to call God Father, allowed to call God Abba. In and of itself, this is an expression which causes scandal to the faithful 2,000 years ago. No one called God Abba. As much as the holy name is completely off limits, said by the high priest only once in the year in the Holy of Holies, no one would dare call God Daddy. That spirit has now been given us. We are joined to Christ and spiritually offspring of Abraham. 
Every time the canon refers to him at each Mass as our Father in faith. Our inheritance has been ordained from the beginning of time. To be made sons and daughters of God is the dignity that God had in store for us all along. When we take up this relationship with God as his sons and daughters and call him Abba, Father, we are no longer slaves. We are God's children. And as his children, we've been made heirs. What mercy of God, what magnanimity that he allows us to experience the fullness of salvation, that which with that towards which every moment of history has been pointing. The yearning of every creature to be renewed by God's grace is ours. And so then as heirs, we have an incredible inheritance with which to be generous. The unjust servant is used as an example of this overabundant generosity with somebody else's goodness. Our Lord holds him up, not just as someone who's shrewd and prudent. Not only should we make the, the most that we can of material things to serve an eternal purpose. But in a very real way, we dispense God's mercy. We can decide in a given moment, this person is going to suffer everything that their deeds would have coming to them. Or I can suffer some of it on their behalf. I will, I will reduce their debt. I will alleviate some of their burden and take it on my chin. It's as simple as that person who didn't know that two lanes will merge into one, and there they are at the end of the lane, blinker on, dead in the water, and you can decide, let them sit, or, okay, come, I'll, I'll slow down. Come in front of me. I'll reduce your debt. I'll pay part of it. Or, We'll just, if, if there's anyone who's going to suffer, it'll be me because the person behind me is going to honk at me. Or it's the person who's offended you or offended your family. And they might not be perfectly contrite, but they genuinely are sorry. And if they could do it all over again, they wouldn't do it. You can make them turn and twist and suffer to extract from them every ounce of remorse that you think is deserved. Or, or we can be gracious and say, 
I forgive you. I also wish it hadn't happened. I reduce your debt. I alleviate your burden. Priest does it all the time in the confessional. We wouldn't dare approach the confessional if we thought we are going to suffer everything that we absolutely deserve for all of our sins. Can you imagine the torture chamber that the confessional would become if that were the case? Not only does the priest sometimes give you a lighter penance than even the church might expect of you because you might not finish the penance. But in that holy sacred moment is the experience of you realizing you can either die because you deserve to die for your mortal sins or you can allow Christ to suffer death for you. Reduce your debt. Alleviate your burden. Write it down. You're not completely off the hook. The unjust servant didn't say, tear up those sheets and run away. But rather, you are bound to my master, but it doesn't have to be as bad as it would be otherwise. It's not just a lesson in mercy. If God has forgiven me, therefore I need to, I need to forgive others. But it's to realize the, the infinite grace that comes from the cross. The infinite power that drips from the blood of the cross. To heal every wound. To fix every evil. To eradicate the world of all suffering. To bring joy to every heart. Its depths cannot be plumbed. And so to be generous with God's goodness is our vocation. Sometimes we will be conveying these gifts without even trying. It might be the grace that flows through us just by virtue of a smile or just by virtue of people seeing you living out your vocation How much more so when we know that this is how God wants us, his heirs, to be generous with his mercy, to be means of his grace. It helps us remember that being sanctified, Christ dying for me, isn't simply so that I can be forgiven and so that I am no longer offensive to God and I can go to heaven the final purpose of everything, the final cause of everything is to give glory to God the Father. And so, yes, Christ, out of his love for us, died for us that we could be forgiven and so that we could glorify the Father. Our sanctification isn't only, even ultimately, for our benefit. It's to give glory to God. And if Christ wants us to be sanctified, as the head sanctifies the body, so too we want everyone to be sanctified, so that God might be given glory in every place at every time, by every creature, especially every son and daughter who calls God Father. In the name of the Father and the Son 
and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Credo in o 